Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Welcome to NASCAR America with you today from our South Campus, NBC Charlotte. We don't have heat and uh, no hot water, but it's still warmer than Stanford, Connecticut. So we're going to take it <laughs> with crew chief Steve Latard and cup champion Dale Jarrett. And only one of us is celebrating a birthday today. It's not me. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> you drew the short straw if this is your birthday party. Yeah, it, it is. And I actually thought there might be something besides water it in my cup here. Yeah. But, but it's water. We'll All get right. through this hour and then we'll get to that. All also right. joining us here in the studio today, fresh off his sports car championship, Brian Sellers. He's going to get us pumped up for next year's IMSA season on NBC. And Steve, we made it through the weekend without a NASCAR race. It was tough, but we did it. <laughs> it was. Lots of football. Yeah, lots of, well, there you go. He had something. But you know, is there really ever an off-season for teams? Based on the news today, no. there is not. We already have some crew chief changes. Well, yeah, we, we knew there were going to be changes at different race teams, and they were announced today. The three mm -hmm. at Austin Dillon has made a change. They're going to go uh, with Danny Stockman, will be the new crew chief for Austin Dillon. So no, there's never an off-season. If you're a current crew chief who's not changing jobs, you're trying to review your employees, and you're trying to figure out how you're going to be better next year. Where are you going to spend the money? What direction is going to make you improve with the new rules package? But as you see as this list right here, there are a lot of crew chiefs that are just going to get used to their new drivers. Denny Hamlin, we still have question marks. I'm waiting to hear a public announcement to see who's he's going to get used to for next year. Well, Danny Stockman, he's going to replace Justin Alexander, as you said. And they have history together. Stockman guided Dylan to the 2011 truck title and 2013 Xfinity title. And Dale, there's also news because Luke Lambert remains as crew chief for the 31 team as Daniel Hemrick moves up to the Cup Series. Yeah, and it's probably a good combination. Luke does a, a really good job there. So a lot going on. Yeah, I can, whenever you talked about that, nothing ever slowing down really for the crew chiefs. I can remember telling Todd Parrott a lot of years because he just would not stop working. He said, look, Ray Everham may be working every day too, so I got to keep working. And that's the mentality you crew chiefs have to have. And a driver appreciates that very much. Yeah, and when you talk about that Austin Dillon news, so I'm not a big fan of the news, to be honest. I thought that Justin Alexander did a really nice job with Austin Dillon. Um, let's, let's not forget, first week on the job, they won the Coca-Cola 600 last year mm -hmm. when Slugger Labby was relieved by the duties. And then this year they start with the biggest win of the year, the Daytona 500. They made the playoffs because of that win. I know they wanted to perform better in the playoffs, but I think it's time to keep some consistency around Austin Dillon. I think that's the next step to improve his position in the Cup Series. I know you mentioned it. Danny Stockman and him have great history. They have success at the truck level. Danny has success with really everybody he's worked with at the uh, RCR camp because he's been with multiple different drivers in all the different series. But I was a little surprised. I thought uh, Justin did a nice job with the equipment because, listen, it's not like the 31 had won five races and the yeah. three hadn't. I thought they led the way out of that camp. I thought there were some more organizational changes they could have made, but Richard disagrees with me, apparently. Well, I think Richard has been one that always likes to believe that they can promote from within. They're hiring a lot of people and do that, but, but a lot of moves throughout the years have been uh, kind of this way, and he sees a chemistry there between those two, and I, th I guess he just wants to give them that opportunity. It's just you know so tough. If you're not winning, trying to keep sponsors there, uh, you're not winning more. Obviously, they, you win the Daytona 500 the rest of the year. You always say you don't have to win the rest of the year. You want to, uh, but they're they looking to keep sponsors and attract more sponsors by running more consistently towards the front. 
All right, so that's some of the, we talked about some of the new combinations. We're going to have some new addresses for teams uh, coming up a little <laughs> bit later as well. Hey, guys, it's also Cyber Monday. Did you shop at all I did. today? You oh, did. I, listen, I'm <laughs> almost done. I, I was busy, busy today. All busy. right, well, we don't have any deals for you, unfortunately, but we do have 18 of the best moments from 2018. We're going to reveal a few each day this week leading up to the NASCAR America finale, which is our red carpet special prior to the award ceremony on Thursday, which you can see right here on NBCSN. So our first moment, it may not have been the headliner for 2018, but it will be the talk going into next season. All-Star Weekend here at Charlotte. It is time to see the best of the best go at it. $1 million on the line. 4-1, 4 sitting here at Charlotte. Everybody on their feet. A two-lap run for a million dollars. Let the pushing begin. Logano all over the rear end of Kevin Harvick. One inside still. I don't see much smoke at all. All good. Two inside there, pulling them off. Still inside. You're clear, you're clear. Halfback 22. White flag coming to the checker. Maybe the biggest lead all night belonging to Kevin Harvick when it matters the most. And Harvick coming across the line, and he will score the million-dollar payday. Look, I, I enjoy change. I enjoy different. I'm glad that they did it for the All-Star Race, and I think five years down the road, you'll look back to tonight and say that was the start of whatever it is. I'm going to put that on a T-shirt. The start of whatever it is. <laughs> I like that. But that's that's the story. It wasn't that Kevin Harvick won the All-Star race. It was the rules package. How big of a story is this, and how big is it going to be? Well, we, we saw completely different racing that night in the All-Star race. Uh, the cars were much more packed up. Now, 2019, there's a new rules package coming. It is not what they ran. As much as everybody wants to think it's what they ran at the All-Star race, it is not. It is a version of they have much more horsepower. The aerodynamic package is a little bit differently uh, are going to be applied a little bit differently from track to track. But I really think it's going to change what drivers succeed. I mean, when you look at that restart right there, same players up front, right? We saw Danny Hamlin, Joey Logano. But there was a name, a guy on the front row, Daniel Suarez, in that 19 car. I know he's not going to be at Joe Gibbs Racing next year. Uh, it's un unannounced where he's going to end up. But if I was an owner, he's somebody I would be looking for. William Byron, I think he's a guy that found success at the Xfinity level. Lower horsepower, more momentum type racing, Dale. I think that's going to relate. And how about this one? Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I think he's been in the Cup Series for so long, we forget. This guy is back-to-back -back Xfinity Series champion. He knows what to do in less horsepower cars. I think it's going to suit his style. Yeah, I think that's the interesting part is who does this suit? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and who is it going to hinder a little bit? I think maybe that we won't see uh, drivers like Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick winning eight races, possibly. I, I think that it's going to be distributed out a little bit more evenly. I, those guys are still going to find ways to victory lane because they're the best at the business, and I don't care what rules you put out there, they're going to find a way to, to be in the mix and, and go win races. But I really do believe, as you point out, this is something that could favor the young drivers. The drivers that haven't been there and established a routine and, and know exactly what it took with the, the cars uh, in different conditions uh, to make it work. And these young drivers, they like this, this style of racing to where it's wide open because that's the way they go about things, wide open all the time. And it's not that it's, you're going to be completely wide open all the time. We've already heard Ryan Blaney and others say that 
places like Atlanta and other places, they've had to get out of the gas, and yep. you'll have to be doing that. But it's a different style of racing. And, and I really think that drivers that are more, I'm, we just say older, uh, they're not old by any means, uh, but Kevin Harvick and even Jimmy Johnson and others, they'll figure out a way, but they're going to find themselves racing around people that they haven't been racing around the last four or five years. Well, you have to adapt, Krista. Whether it was, let me go through the list that he's lived with. A big sway bar in the 90s. When they put a two-inch front sway bar, I thought Mark Martin was going to pass out when he heard that on pit road. <laughs> that wasn't going to work. And then it was probably coil bind in the mid-2000s when yeah. you're going to put a spring in there that was just going to go solid. Jeff Gordon told us we were dumb. That was the dumbest thing he'd ever heard in his life. About six weeks later, that's what we were on after Roush completely beat everybody with that package. Then it was the new aero package of, you know, change is constant. And, and I think that's what makes it so impressive when you look at someone like Kevin Harvick when you look at someone, even like Kyle Busch, even though he's young, he's been through all these yeah. evolutions. Um, people that continue to find success in these different rules, as you mentioned, they're still going to matriculate to the top. They're still the best of the best. But what other team will maybe hit on it earlier and steal a few wins before another team figures it out? Yeah, I think that's the thing that we don't know is how is this going to affect. We know that the Chevrolet struggled for a lot of the year with the new Camaro. Is this something that makes them totally different? And Ford has a new car, so a lot of things that will change there. But uh, I really, I think a lot of it's going to come down to men the mentality that drivers have about this. People that go into this with a negative attitude, and there's some that, that you know, they're keeping their mouth shut right now, but uh, because they want to see exactly what may happen. But a lot of them, or a number of them, I should say have a, a different mentality and a negativity to the way they're looking and going about this. And if you don't go in this with an open mind and, and an idea that this is what it is and, and I'm going to make the best of it, then you can find yourself behind in a hurry. So what are teams doing right now? Like, uh, the season's over. It's not like those shops close their doors. Well, listen, I know this is unpopular to say, but the season ended for a lot of teams when they're eliminated from the playoffs. Really, the only four teams that their season ended – in Miami with a championship four that had a chance to win the championship. Those other teams, if you look at the 16 that make the playoffs, let's focus on them. As they were eliminated, they started looking forward, whether that was with personnel, whether that's with some testing. You mentioned cars on track at Atlanta. We've seen cars on track with this new rules package. And then once cars hit the track, Krista, then it is a flow of information. After you have real track activity, then you could take it to simulation. Then you could take it to the simulator. There's a lot of work that's being done uh, you know, daylight savings kind of ruins everybody's time. It doesn't affect the race teams. They'll just never see the sun. They go in before the sun rises, and they'll go home after the sun sets. So it's, it's, this is the dark days of December. Not a lot of sun in the And future. it's only November. Well, I know what you mean. they're God. closing in. So here's, do you guys have the issue? I don't know how to sit in these chairs. I just want to throw this out there. I, I, like, do you lean back? Do we sit yeah, up? It's, you do all of that. Well, we're yeah. casual. I feel matter. like we're casual today. Yes, so all of a sudden much. I notice you guys are talking and I'm just like leaning. So, <laughs> well, and I try to be a little more professional. That, well, TV professional, we, yeah. we're comfortable Sorry. in this set. We're... All right. Coming up, the split of Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss not only means the end of an era, but the start of big changes at Hendrick Motorsports. Will it lead to more wins next season? We will discuss that next on NASCAR America. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Sunday night, all eyes will be on the bird for a battle between playoff contenders. Phillip Rivers leads the Chargers' big play offense against Big Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. Football night in America is at 7 Eastern with kickoff at 820. Sunday night only on NBC. Oh, you know. Are you going? I'm not a uh, work in progress. 
work in progress. But despite losing, I'm gonna, I've got some Steelers news, though. Despite losing to the Broncos yesterday, the Steelers made history. Did you guys see it? The first touchdown by yes. an offensive lineman since 1982 in Pittsburgh. Kudos to their special teams. And speaking of, this was the transition, special teams, they don't get any better than the 48. You like that? Oh, that was impressive. That was, that was, it, it took a while to get there, but right. it was worth it. Right. Driver and crew chief saying goodbye after 17 seasons together. <laughs> Some breaking news with Hendrick Motorsports. Chad Canals, the crew chief for Jimmy Johnson, will be moving over to the 24 car with William Byron and Kevin Menring, current crew chief for Elliott Sadler in the Xfinity Series, moving over to be Jimmy Johnson's crew chief. All of this starting in 2019. I have bled Lowe's Blue 48 for 17 years. I'm very proud of the accomplishments that we've been able to do in the time that we've spent together. 17 years, it's the longest tenure of anyone for a reason. 83 wins, 7 championships, 15 straight playoff appearances. I think they'll be regarded as the greatest crew chief driver combination of all time. We've had a long run, obviously. And as you can imagine, it took a while to make this decision and then try to figure out how to put the pieces of it together. I look at how is Hendrick moving forward. I've always believed that the hardest thing in motorsports is to know when to do something different. I think it's time. Well, Rick's pretty smart. And as he sits back from his, you know, 20,000-foot view and sees the pieces and the, the, how all the parts fit together, when he brings up something like that, you pay attention to it. And, you know, it's, it's the right time for it. All right, give me one thing, because I know there are some things you're going to miss about each other. Is there anything you're going to miss about him daily? Yeah. Yeah, I will. I'll miss the interaction, the daily interaction. But, you know, if we, if we do this correctly, I think we'll still maintain that. I mean, he's still my friend. We're still there for each other. And that, that hasn't severed and hasn't changed. And you know, we're just choosing to do, do some different things on the work front. It was a really big storyline uh, yeah. for 2018. So, Steve, what happens now with these players in the offseason? Driver, crew chief. I mean, what did you do? Yeah, well, for 10 years, I crew chiefed at the cup level. And I shared a wall with Chad Canals. I shared a building. I shared team members. Um, they, I don't know the Cup Series without these two together as a crew chief. That's all we've ever seen. But I made the transition from Jeff Gordon to Dale Jr. And for me, it was about getting to know Dale right away. We spent time together, went to Las Vegas, where he received the most popular driver, spent time together away from the racetrack. We made sure that when we weren't in the heat of the battle at Daytona, that our first ever conversation was about the race car. And I question at times what William Byron and Chad Knauss will have in common, or Jimmy Johnson and Kevin Mendering. But shockingly, when I look at this split, now that we've had some months to talk about it, DJ, I wonder, and it, it's crazy to say, that if Hendrick Motorsports doesn't become more valuable splitting up the dynamic duo, if it got to a point where Jimmy and Chad had used every trick, yeah. every relationship tool, everything they had, because I have no doubt that Chad will be exactly what William Byron needs. And Kevin Mendring's done a great job with Elliott Sadler. I think it's, it's very unique that he gets the same shot with another veteran driver. Yeah, yeah. I think Jeff Burton made a statement on there that's probably the thing that's the hardest, especially in this sport. I think it is in most sports uh, that you do. When is the time to make a change? When you're doing well, I'm, how do you ever think about splitting these two up? With the success they've had, I mean, winning those seven championships, it, it just, but you could see something needed to happen for both of them. A little bit of that spark, and I, I applaud for Rick Hendrick for being the person to step in and say, you know, we have to make this change. It's time for something different for both of you. And, and I think that both will have more success than what they have the last uh, 18 months of, of racing. So I look, I've looked for both of them to, and it's not because they want to prove to the other. They, they've proven to everybody that they were the very best in that garage area for a long period of time.
Well, you mentioned what happens next. So I think it's different for different reasons on each team. If I'm Kevin Mendering, I don't bother Jimmy Johnson, probably all the way through December. There's a reason he's a seven-time champ. He is a veteran. Let the man breathe. Let him spend some time with his family. There's no doubt he knows how to drive. I know there's a different rules package. I would attack that. In the new NASCAR world, there's 26 weeks that lead up to the playoffs. You need Jimmy Johnson at his best in the final 10 weeks. I think they have the advantage of, of figuring it out as they go because I think Jimmy Johnson's path to the playoffs is relatively clear. William Byron and Chad Canales. William Byron's never made the playoffs. Now, he was only a rookie last year. This will be a second attempt. I think Chad needs to recharge as quick as he can because the beauty of youth, there's no such thing as too much energy. I think he needs to just attack, attack, attack with this young man in the simulator, in simulation, any time they can get a car on the racetrack. Like I said, they, they're going to travel in different social circles. They're almost, they're over 20 years apart in age. I just don't see them hanging out away from the racetrack, which is totally fine. But that means they're going to have to do more work leading up to the racetrack. I think Chad knows that, though. And I think uh, they won't say it, but you know Jimmy and Chad want to win. They want it like, you know, you want to beat yeah. your brother to victory lane. I think you'd <laughs> love to. I'd love to just one time go to victory lane before your, your teammate after so many years. Well, you bring up a good point. If, if Kevin Mendering wants to contact Jimmy Johnson right now, he's going to need an international calling plan. <laughs> because earlier today, Jimmy Johnson was a little busy with another kind of racing, Formula One. No, he's not giving up NASCAR, but he swapped rides. Well, not this one. I mean, this, is, this would be a whole different kind of racing. Jimmy and his family wife, Shani, uh, his two girls, on camels because Johnson is in Bahrain uh, sampling a McLaren F1 car. Fernando Alonso would get behind the wheel of the famous number 48 Chevy. This well, is cool. Well, when you start talking about, you know, the swap, this is something someone like Kevin Mender is going to have to get used to because he's not crew chief for just anyone. Yeah. He's crew chief for a seven-time champ. We've got a chance to go drive an F1 car. Fernando Alonso just retired on Sunday from Formula One racing. And, DJ, I don't think it matters what type of car. You still know how to do burnout. Absolutely. Yeah. But you, you talk about that. Just think of the few chances and opportunities the number of drivers that have had a chance like this to go do something completely different. I mean, you're talking about day and night here uh, with yeah. the, the cars, but that's how well-respected people like Jeff Gordon and, and Jimmy Johnson are uh, in, in the motorsports world that, that they're willing to do this. Yeah, on a global scale, this is huge. Yeah. I mean, these worlds coming together uh, over there in international soil after the um, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, there's something in the world, uh, mutual respect among motorsports, whether it's Formula One to NASCAR, NHRA, IMSA, IndyCar, you know, any sort of motorsport. I think uh, drivers don't relate to very many people in the world, so I think they relate very well to other drivers. I don't know what so, saying there. But. So it was a compliment. It was yes. kind of, yeah. hey, I'm glad you mentioned IMSA because there's another Team 48 that we want to talk about. As you know, NBC Sports is your home for NASCAR, but there is much more to come from us in 2019, that's including Steve? sports car racing. No. Yeah, that's Steve's ride. Uh -uh. No, that is IMSA champ Brian Sellers. That's how he rolls to NBC oh, Charlotte. Yeah. He is here. We will talk to him next. NBC Sports is the home of motorsports. A drag race, and it's going to be Logano getting the win. Welcome to modern day endurance racing. It's going to be like this for the next 23 hours and 15 minutes. Will Power is going to win the Indianapolis 500. NASCAR, IMSA, IndyCar, and the new home of the Indy 500 on NBC. 
And all of that is not far away. In fact, IMSA's 50th anniversary season will begin in just 61 days at Daytona with the Rolex 24, one of the biggest sports car events in the world. Now, IMSA's top level is the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. It will have four classes of competition in 2019. One of them is GT Daytona, where you'll find both pro and amateur drivers competing together in a variety of cars from activist Audis, even Lamborghinis like we saw rolling up to NBC I'm Charlotte. Jealous. I know. That's cool. This past season, Brian Sellers and Madison Snow took their Lamborghini to the GT title, and Brian joins us now here in Charlotte. So let's educate some NASCAR fans with sports car racing. First of all, congratulations on the championship. Yeah. What we saw there, four divisions, I mean, it's not as long of a season as NASCAR, but you guys have some really long races starting with the, the longest of them all. We sure do. And I told Steve, he doesn't have to be jealous. I told him oh. he could drive the car. Did you really? I don't borrow anything yeah, but I he's, can't afford he's to replace. Too, <laughs> <laughs> and he's a little bit too tall, we found. So. Um, we do. It, it's significantly different from NASCAR races, obviously. We have a very short schedule, 11 races, but I feel like the amount of impact we deliver in those races is high. Um, we range anywhere from 24-hour races to our shortest race, which I think is uh, 130 minutes at Detroit. So we kind of get all these different ranges to cover. Our endurance races where we have four drivers um, down to our sprint races where we have two drivers. And um, balancing the year with uh, all those different things are what makes sports car racing so special. Not to mention, like you said, we have four classes that we compete with. And so while each class is doing their own race, we also have to race against each other and manage traffic and, and all these other things that come along with that territory. I'm, I'm fascinated with multiple drivers. Yes. I, I, one driver gave me a headache, so I don't know if I could I deal with it. But talk about that. I mean, we realize Rolex, the endurance, the 24 hours, mm -hmm. the four drivers, but even the sprint races, how does it work with two drivers? Like, how do you decide between setup compromises, strategy on who drives when? I mean, how does that all work? Well, I, it, it, it definitely changes um, from race to race, and, and it is difficult. I mean, Dale, you know you were a driver. It's hard to share the car with somebody when yeah. you kind of grow up doing it all on your own. It's hard as a driver to communicate to crew chiefs or engineers and, and kind of get your point across. And so that's what makes sports car racing, I think, particularly difficult, but also very unique, is you have to be teamed with somebody that you can work with, somebody that you can understand building the race car, the race team, the program, in the way that you both want it to be built. Um, so, you know, trying to find ways to get the car to work for both of you is, is very difficult. But when you're teamed with somebody for years, you, you start to figure that out. The strategy side of it is, is interesting i would say for a guy like yourself because yeah. what you what you do is you take different tracks and realize which guy you want to qualify which guy you want to finish um, as a driver we all know that you have strength in different areas um, maybe one guy's more experienced maybe one guy's faster at watkins glen than say the next place and so you play to those areas and and you know maybe one day it's a good day for me and you decide you want me in at the end or vice versa my co-driver madison is strong at uh, Virginia and we want him to finish so it all kind of plays into picking out the team's strengths and weaknesses and, and playing to those well let me first say that we've had a lot of drivers and a lot of champions come through here but that is by far the best ride that anybody's ever driven up in so you win the award there for sure but in honing your skills and getting all of that done did, did you explore other opportunities was it completely open wheel was your mindset uh, going from word go once you started racing? I, I started in open wheel, and that was the path I wanted to go down. I actually wanted to do what we just watched Jimmy yeah. do, as I think probably most of us did. Um, and 
<clears throat> when you're young, I think, or when I was young anyway, um, I was very kind of singularly focused on what I was doing and didn't want to open my eyes. And um, there were some times where I had people offer up opportunities to try something else, to go, um, I would say, do uh, some uh, late models and some things along those lines. But I was too, I was too stubborn. I mean, I wish, <laughs> I wish now looking back. He's because, a champion. Champion yeah, race car driver, stubborn. I'm too stubborn. But I, I wish now I would have done more of that, be, more because I just love driving and racing. And I eat. I just couldn't, I couldn't see that back then. And you just wanted to do what you wanted to do. And I thought, oh, it's no problem. I'll go drive IndyCar for Roger Penske and make millions and millions of dollars. But that call just never came. Yeah. So uh, still waiting, Roger, if you're watching. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I'm, I love driving. And I, you know, I think that's kind of one of the cool things about what's happening with, uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson, Fernando Alonso, the guys like this is, they're in a part in their career where they can take a step back and enjoy mm -hmm. the driving side of it because they're accomplished. They've won their championships and and it's neat for all of us sitting on the other side because we get to experience a different part of it, I think. Well, yeah. I'm jealous of the venues. I mean, the venues you get to go to, I mean, if, the, the, if no one's ever seen the road course at Daytona, it is outstanding. So much was made of the Roval at Charlotte. Well, the original Roval, the Daytona road course is spectacular. The combination of the banking and the and the infield. But for you, like, what are your favorite tracks you go to? We know about Watkins Glen. We know about Daytona. Where else are we going to see the IMSA car run? So the best thing about IMSA is we do hit some of the still, the pinnacle tracks that you guys go to. Our events are just a little bit different. So for me, I really like the long races. Okay. I think those are the ones that the fans show up for the most. And Krista, I know you've covered some of those. I know. And how was I in over my head? <laughs> so the first time I covered the American, what was the American Le Mans series and covered you. See, that's right. I'm in a fire suit. I'm pit reporting, and we're going over the wall. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? I'm going over the wall while the cars? It was completely I, over my head. I distinctly but, remember oh. your your first event actually oh, and no. being there, and you saying like, hey, um, we're gonna do this interview over the wall, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, that was exactly like, what like, I okay. But everyone so. was so good, and, and and you know, you know this world because your wife Jamie, obviously, she's probably been coaching you on uh, the fact that NBC is yes, gonna be part of the family. Picking it apart right now. Yeah, no, sorry, no, no, honey, no, I'm James doing a bad job. Um, but I, I, lo I love the long races. There's something so special about them. Daytona is, is amazing. One of the best parts about Daytona in, in IMSA is once it goes dark. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you have the driver's motorhome paddock and you wake up at 2 a.m. and you're tired and you kind of over it, to be honest with you. But you do this long walk into pit lane to get in the car and do a two or three hour stint. Um, and, and there's just something about it that's so surreal. Then you go to Sebring which is, you know, one of our most historic endurance races that we have. And you, the best, for me, the best part is just the event, not necessarily yeah. the, the race itself. Mm -hmm. And it's special. You come to these, these races and during the autograph sessions and you talk to the fans that have been, been there since they've been four, five, six years old and they're 55 and this, they live for these moments. And that's something I don't think you get to experience every day. And, and one of the coolest things about what we get to do at IMSA is we get massive interactions with our fans. Mm -hmm. We do open grids at the beginning of every single weekend. And we also um, are open autograph sessions. So if you have a ticket before the race starts for, I think, roughly an hour and a half pre every race, it opens. All the cars are lined up there, all the drivers are there, and it's full access to all of us, wow. all the crew guys, you get up close and personal. And I think that what that does for us is it gives us a close connection with those sure. people. So those events become more and more special. And it's less about the actual track we're driving on, but more 
the event that takes place. I went to Sebring. That crowd at Sebring, it's yeah. like Talladega rowdy. Yeah. I mean, they, they know how to they know how to get ready for a 12-hour event in Sebring. Yeah, yeah they, they, they get ready for a 12-hour event 48 hours yeah, yeah. before and, preparation. and keep going 12 hours after. Yeah, yeah I think one thing, too, that, that I appreciate as much as anything, you talk about the different venues, and every one of them is so completely different. So your skill set's there. But the different types of things, you talked about driving at night and, and then the weather that you encounter and things, I think that's what makes you guys so special in what you do. And to become a champion at it, it's just incredible to me. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's, it, it is neat because you cover so many different types of racing. We, we do go at night. We do race in the rain. Um, and, you know, we race on street courses. You know, we used to run one part of this series still goes to Long Beach, but we currently in GTD just go to Detroit at Belle Isle, which mm -hmm. is a race promoted by Roger Penske. And so we go from these big high banks of Daytona, which um, is a shock the first time you do. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it with three with three wide for as long as you do it because we literally, only time we go three wide is if two prototypes are passing you and I like my hands shake every time. So I don't know how you guys do it. But then we go into literally city streets and race mm -hmm. in between walls. And um, that's actually some of the best racing that we get to do is inside those streets. Well, thanks for coming in, uh, spending yeah. some time with us, and we're excited to, to kind of be together in 2019 with IMSA and IndyCar and, and cover your season next year. Thank you. It's, uh, it's an honor to be here with you guys and looking forward to it. And we would let you stay, but you're double parked. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You can catch the entire IMSA and IndyCar series schedule next season on the networks of NBC Sports. Watch Brian try to defend his title with Madison. Up next, we'll go back into our top NASCAR moments from 2018. Several drivers ended winless streaks this past season, but others will have to go through a long winter before they can break theirs. More on that when NASCAR America continues. Still there. Still bumper. All clear. All clear. All clear. All clear. Clint Boyer underneath the Reagan machine. In a heavy pack of traffic, Clint Boyer is when he crosses the line. The white flag is out. This is official. Another half mile, and it's a win at Martinsville. He's right on the bottom of the racetrack, coming off turn number two. All clear. Race is official. Bring the thing home. This is Boyer's baby boy trying to get it done at Martinsville. The long wait to return is over. Here he comes off forward. Clint Boyer sees the checkered flag. get it home what do you do my i'm gonna ratchet strap it to the but <laughs> he drove my wife's suv we're gonna be the clampets with our trophy ratchet strapped to the roof of the suv but it's coming home <laughs> yes there's nothing like a clint boyer press conference he snapped a 190 race winless streak with that win at martinsville in the spring eric almirola also ended a triple-digit skid this year with his playoff victory at Talladega. As for Kyle Larson, he had an opportunity to end his own winless streak and add his name to this list this summer at Chicagoland, but Kyle Busch had other ideas. 
coming up on one lap to go. And here comes Larson. Larson to the bottom of the track. Slide job. Trying to take the lead away. Slide job. Almost. The momentum. The contact. 18. They make contact. The 18 into the wall. They're side by side again. Going into three for the lead. Larson has the advantage. Here comes the 18. He puts the oh ball into the back goodness. of him. The 18 into the wall. The 42 sideways. Here comes the 18. Kyle Busch will win. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know what y'all are whining about, but if you don't like that kind of racing, don't even watch. So that was the first race in our portion, NBC's mm -hmm. half. Uh, looking back, you kind of forget how great a finish that was. Oh. And for Kyle Larson, the fact that he would go the rest of the year without a win is, is unbelievable. Yeah, I don't think we thought that was going to be possible uh, as this young man has made a, a name for himself and shown what kind of talent he had. That was just incredible racing by two drivers there. I'm still amazed that Kyle Larson didn't spin that car out, <laughs> even going through all of that, that he stayed in the gas and got it corrected. And and uh, the job that, that both of them did, uh, just wanting that win so bad. But, uh, you know, it's a number of drivers that we thought we're going to win uh, this year. Uh, number of Denny and Jimmy Johnson, long streaks of, of winning a race every year and uh, had that snapped. And you can see now they're on this list that you don't want to be a part of, but everybody goes through it. No, you do not want to be a part of it. And you mentioned it. Shocked that Kyle Larson didn't win. I was shocked that Jimmy Johnson didn't win. Ricky Stenhouse, I won't say I was shocked, but I thought he had a, a chance. And Denny, I mean, he's never missed out in his entire career. So I would have definitely lost that bet. The question now, though, is I mean, who do you think will bounce back the soonest I'm not sure if I have an answer other than I think Jimmy Johnson um, is going to come out strong in 2019. I think he's going to be the first one that wins off this list for the simple fact oh, yeah. that I've been part of winless. So Jeff Gordon's first winless season, unfortunately, was with me in, in 2008. We went winless after a great 2007. And I remember during that 2008 year, it was like drowning, right? You just could never – you didn't know which way was up. You could never get any air week after week after week at a disappointment. And it took the offseason – to stop and really remember that you have a great job. Working in NASCAR is the coolest thing in the world. I have a superstar race car driver. Let's just kind of get the pieces together. We came out in 2009 and we won at Texas. I look at Jimmy Johnson the same way. He has no idea what it's like to go winless. He's never done it. So now that he has, now that the emotion of the crew chief changed, all that's kind of behind him. We saw him in Bahrain driving an F1 car, spending time with his family. He just reminds me of that, that big name that maybe just needed a little time to take a breath. And I expect Jimmy Johnson to come back out in 2019, guns a-blazing. And once he wins, then Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin, I said, well, we don't want to be the only ones on this list, so we're going to have to win, too. So you think Jimmy first out of those Jimmy. guys? Jimmy. Jimmy yeah. and Jimmy what early. What do you think? You know, I have to look at somebody that's won the Daytona 500, and I think Denny out of that group has the best chance of winning the Daytona 500 again. Uh, the Gibbs cars are always strong there. Denny understands the draft as good as anybody, and getting himself in a position uh, by the end of those races uh, does as good a job. But the driver on that list that's going to try the hardest is going, no doubt, going to be Ricky Stenhouse, <laughs> understanding that the Daytona 500 is within his reach of, of winning a race. You know, he's not going to know exactly. I think that the rules package is going to play to their favor probably at Rouse Fenway, and uh, I think his teammate will, will be a good one there for him with Ryan Newman coming over there. But 
I, I think that Denny Hamlin sets himself up as the man to, to win early on. Well, predictions are so hard. Out here in the office, there's a whiteboard, and, and Parker Kligerman and I, back in January of this year, wrote down what 16 drivers were going to make the playoffs, and I only had 11 right. He had 14. I'm going to really? give him credit. Wow. So I challenge the fans, right, because you ask us yeah. which ones we think are going to win. I challenge the fans, go ahead and get your piece of paper out before the Daytona 500. Write down those 16 drivers because – it's not as easy as you think because if you put somebody new in, somebody has to go out. I mean, it's full, right? Yeah. So, so is Austin Dillon not going to be the guy? Is, is Jimmy Jones like who's going to win and what sixteen make the playoffs with all the rules changes? Man, I just don't know. This might be as questionable as a year heading into. I just don't have a good feeling. I don't know who's going to come out of the block as strong as the big three we saw last Always year. Put us on spot. Who on that list do you think? Yeah. No, I'm not going to. But I was just no. But here's the thing on she the, that, that behind the she scenes. Did. I did, well, I was just thinking that be, uh, some behind the scenes information for you. That dry erase board, that white board that you're talking about, it mm -hmm. still has those lists up there, right? Oh, I know. Only reason is because it's been up so long. I couldn't erase it. I tried. When oh, Parker really? beat me, <laughs> Parker beat me. I tried to erase. But well, for the record, Parker didn't have the 22. I at least had the 22 in the playoffs. Okay. He's well, that's what I was thinking while he's saying that because I'm like, wait, do we not just we never take notes in this? building apparently because that's the only thing that's up there and that was from january yeah. they're all our notes are right here or in here Everything i guess we need to know. yeah all right coming up we will see how the drivers spent their thanksgiving in our social pit stop and a look back on this season in the xfinity series which will have plenty of star power returning in 2019 stay tuned nascar america is brought to you by the salvation army when you give, you fight for those most in need this Christmas. Okay, let's see what some drivers were up to during Thanksgiving in our social pit stop. One week after winning the cup title, Joey Logano, his wife Brittany, and their son Hudson were in the house at yesterday's Carolina Panthers game. Kyle and Samantha Bush made a special announcement. They are expecting their second child. It's a girl. They announced the news on Thanksgiving Day. Brexton going to be a big brother. Well, congratulations. They're so vocal about this, uh, trying to have children yep. and all that. Couldn't be happier. Absolutely. We also had a couple of engagements in NASCAR. Xfinity Series drivers Matt Tift. Uh, he popped the question to his now fiance Jordan. Congratulations, Matt and Jordan. And also... Chase Briscoe. He gets engaged uh, to his now fiance dog, and they got a dog. So, started off. It's a big, it's a big family. Yeah. <laughs> All right. After capturing the Truck Series title, Christopher Bell moved up to the Xfinity Series in 2018. The 23 year old from Oklahoma hardly missed a beat. Second career victory. Christopher Bell hangs on in Richmond. Christopher Bell will win three in a row, the first driver to do so since Dale Jr. back in 1999. Oh, yeah, baby. Christopher Bell, now a winner at Richmond. Round two, baby. Couldn't be happier. As a rookie, this will be the most wins ever in a season. Oh, man, that is sweet. Christopher Bell came into this race having to win this race, started in 38 battled through traffic, got a little roughed up while he was fighting for positions, but now he wins at Phoenix. He will be in the championship four. We're going to Homestead, baby. So here's the crazy part. I mean, all those wins, and he doesn't win the title, uh, and he's back in 2019. And I think he's back is a big point because we have lost some champions in the Xfinity Series quickly. We had Daniel Suarez, William Byron, both move up the year after winning the title. So now this year we're going to have Christopher Bell back, we're going to have the champion back in Tyler Reddick. When you look at the list of drivers that won in 2018, 
that that's coming back. Ross Chastain, he only won one race. He was only in that car three races. He's going to win many more races. Cole Custer, he's going to win some more races. So I know we mentioned IMSA and IndyCar and all these new series to, to uh, NBC. Well, I'm going to tell you the series I'm most excited about is the Xfinity series, Dale. I love the reduction in the drivers with the cup drivers taking part, and I love the return talent we're going to see. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for me is seeing this group of drivers with all of those wins come back and what can they do. I was so impressed with Christopher Bell this year in that rookie season winning those races on so many different types of racetracks. I want to see how he comes back and, and handling the disappointment of not winning the championship after being the talk all year that he's the driver to beat. And then Justin Allgaier and his team coming back. Justin had a a career year also, uh, but didn't get that that championship he was looking for. So how do they rebound from that? And then the new drivers that are coming into the mix. Should be a lot of fun. We love stars. Yeah. And I'm selfish. All the stars move up the cup. Leave some yeah. down on Saturday. I like those Saturday well, races. Well, you have the part-time drivers who won also that are coming yeah. back. I know Ryan Priest is moving on, but you've got John Hunter Nemechek and Chase Briscoe. They are coming back as well. They're winners this yeah. season. I'm telling you, that Xfinity series is going to be stacked. And I, I just think that... We cover them, and we see – I think that was probably hands down the best Xfinity Series racing we have seen. It's yeah. been door-to-door, beating and banging. And I think it's because of the drivers behind the wheel. I know we talk about rules and cars, and all those details are fine. But in the end, sports are about stars. And the stars of NASCAR are the drivers behind the steering wheel, and we have a returning list, and it's going to be a blast. Yeah, the right. Xfinity Series doing exactly what it was designed to do, given those stars. We talk about the stars of tomorrow. That's where these guys are coming from. They're making their names. And speaking of Chase Briscoe, he is going to be on the show with us tomorrow. So that star power continuing, it's going to be in the building. Martin Truex Jr. and his crew chief, Cole Pern, are heading to Joe Gibbs Racing in 2019. Can they help the Gibbs gang reclaim the Cup Series title? We'll look at what they'll have to improve on from this year next on NASCAR America. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Coming up this week on NASCAR America, you've seen some of them already all week long. We'll have more of our 18 best moments from the 2018 season. We told you Chase Briscoe is going to be with us tomorrow while series champion Tyler Reddick will join us on Wednesday. And all of this leads up to Thursday night's NASCAR Cup Series Awards, which you can see live here on NBCSN, complete with our red carpet special. It's the finale of the NASCAR season and the last show for NASCAR America in 2018. Well, Cole Pern has emerged in recent years as one of the best crew chiefs in NASCAR. And this June at Sonoma, he proved why he's earned that reputation by hatching a clever plan. 37 laps to go. All right, come on, pit this time, Mark, pit this time. 78 spin this time, Rodney. I'll spin this time, this time. All right, stay out, Mark. Stay out, stay out. Harvin Pitt at Truex, stay down. There you go, go nine more, Mark. Basically, 78, faked us out. They decided to run seven or eight more laps, so kind of screwed us here a little bit, but we'll make the best out of it. We, uh, of course, the four car into a two-stop here, so just run as hard as you want. Martin Truex Jr. has made up his deficit after he changed tires much later than Harvick. 18 to go here. There's no way it's going to work for him. We just got to run as best as we can. New race leader, Martin Truex Jr. He makes Cole Pern look like a genius. Martin Truex Jr. and Cole Pern have outboxed the field here today at Sonoma Raceway in a runaway victory. Yeah, that's all Cole. <laughs> it's all him. It's uh, That was amazing. I I'm cool with whatever he wants to do. I tell him all the time, like, you know, win, lose, or draw, we do it together. And uh, I just got a lot of trust in him. I 
don't even say anything when he says pit or don't pit. I just uh, I do what he wants to do. So awesome job by him today. Congratulations, bro. Hell of a job. driver giving all the credit to the crew chief so you were probably pretty impressed with that move oh that was that was like a playing a game of chess and you think you're on the offensive and next thing you know you're on the defensive and you're beat Cole Pern it's not just fast race cars I think there's a reason he's known as one of the best crew chiefs in the garage because he's taken those fast race cars and it's been a little bit of a learning curve but I think he's as good a strategist as that there is on pit road uh, now, he has had the advantage of racing against really two other cars all year long. I think he could call the strategy for the 18 and the 4. But that day at Sonoma, that was as good as a head fake as I've seen in NASCAR. That was impressive. That was good. That was good. I like it whenever we see and hear things like that. That takes me back every time I think of that. You at Pocono with Dale Jr., though. <laughs> yeah. and, and as soon as you knew that you had gotten everybody, that then... We, we need to get Cole a little more flamboyant. There's no <laughs> dance. There was no nothing. And he just sat there all stoically. I have to, I have to tell him he's going to work on his cheering. <laughs> So the Cole Pern, Martin Truex, the move to, to Joe Gibbs Racing, what does that do either for them or for Joe Gibbs in general? I know it sounds silly because most people think it should be an advantage to Joe Gibbs Racing, but I have some concern. Um, Why? For years, they were the team out in Colorado, which everybody saw was a negative, or it was a positive because everybody kind of forgot about you. You're out there doing your own thing. They took Joe Gibbs Racing best equipment out to Colorado, and they massaged it, and they improved it. And more importantly, they were a very nimble machine, meaning if he wanted something done, he changed course and they did it. DJ, you drove at small teams, you drove at big teams. Those big teams turn into big machines. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it takes a long time to change course when you want to. I have concern, not long term, but year one might be a little bit of a rough change and adapting to Joe Gibbs Racing. Yeah, some tell me Cole Pern's going to find a way around things and make <laughs> it all work out. I, I think there's... Actually, I'm sure that, that Kyle Busch appreciates them being there, too. Uh, Denny will, too. I think there's one driver that might benefit more, and that's Eric Jones. I think we saw a jump, uh, and I know he was a rookie whenever he was a teammate with Truex, but I think that he and his team might benefit more from having Cole Pern and Martin Truex Jr. there also as a, as a tandem and, and part of that organization. So uh, I, I really believe that it's going to be a benefit, and, and this – four-car organization is going to be as strong as ever. Well, you mentioned new addresses. It's not just Martin Trex Jr. There's a list of drivers that are changing organizations. You hope when they get off 77 or 85 that they go <laughs> to the right to shop. Yeah. Because, right, I mean, it's not just Truex. Hemrick is moving up to the Cup Series, was also at RCR. Ryan Priest, Newman moving over to uh, Roush Fenway. And then Matt going to the 95 car. Uh, he's another one with the new rules I think you're going to need to watch. We haven't figured out maybe all the crew chiefs yet, but a lot of moving parts. And then don't forget Kurt Busch and Suarez, McMurray. We still don't know where they're going yet. Yeah, I, there's some some seats or yeah. some drivers looking for things to happen, and I'm sure that we'll hear probably after the banquet that a lot of this is going to get settled out, but a lot of movement uh, for a year in the Cup Series. The good news with 485 now complete, they could just keep circling. <laughs> just keep on yeah. circling. But if they're turning right, will they get lost? Do they have know. to go left? Yeah, they have to go left. Okay. Yeah, it's not a road okay. course. Uh, we mentioned that, that dry erase board, the whiteboard that you said you mm -hmm. picked the 16th. Uh, our NASCAR America South Campus investigative reporter who's out mm -hmm. behind the door just mm – -hmm. um, Sent this picture. So the most wow. important one I want you to put is right dead in the middle. You see that 22? Yep. You had it. And Parker didn't. Okay. And, mean, and you're gonna you're just riding that train instead of saying that Parker had more picks than you. You're riding the champ. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm a crew chief. I'm at a, really, I'm at a position. The thing that shocks me more is that Parker didn't have the 22. I know. Yeah. I, that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, man, we could, yeah, we could give him a hard time for that. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. We are back tomorrow. What, what is Rutledge going to wear at the red carpet that's special? That's the big news. That, that might that. be an entire segment, uh, just discussion tomorrow. We'll see you at 5 p.m. Eastern. Tomorrow, Chase Briscoe will be with us.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.